Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and I am once again opening the doors to Black Belt Theater. Well, it's been a while uh, with Listener Request Month and all that, but it's really time to dive right back in. And uh, this is a film I actually saw it on TV the other day, uh, pretty much really at the climactic part of it, and it just really, I was like, why, why haven't I talked about this movie? Uh, this film came out in 89 and this is this film i would really classify it as this is an american martial arts flick for sure uh you know i think there's a big difference between martial arts films made over in asia and martial arts films made here um over here i felt well maybe not currently but back in the 80s and into the 90s um they were martial arts films, but it was almost sort of like the martial arts kind of took a background, you know. Um, they usually didn't really hire martial artists, you know. Maybe one or two would, would be in it. Um, there was really no... I, I don't want to say continuity. It's just... It's just, well, there'll be punches and kicks, and, you know... And you know, this is also an American film, so we'll blow some stuff up and whatnot. But I mean, I think really what it is, I, I, I think the difference between, you know, the the martial arts films made over in Asia and the martial arts films made over here in like the 70s, 80s, and into the 90s is the fact that, yeah, there really wasn't a heavy emphasis on making the martial arts really look particularly good. Um, when you watch films uh, made in Asia, I mean, the people that are doing the martial arts they're i mean they're clearly skilled and their use of you know camera angles and whatnot is is such that you really get a really good glimpse of what's going on in the fight i mean you could really see how good you know the two three four five people on screen really really are in american martial arts films uh maybe chuck norris films aside because you know he he actually was a proficient martial artist um you know, you get a lot of tricky camera angles, quick cuts, uh, use of slow motion, speeding things up to make them look faster than they are. Um, you know, really trying to hide the fact that very few people in the film really actually know what they're doing. And you definitely get that here in this film. Hey, I didn't even tell you what the film is yet. It's 1989's Best of the Best. Yeah. So... One thing I, I kind of, you know, looking back on action films and really just kind of films in general in the 80s and into the early 90s is, you know, Sylvester Stallone's Rocky, which came out, I think, like in 77 or 78, I'm not exactly sure when, really had a big influence. Um, I mean, in the 80s, you had so many quote unquote Rocky style films. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, in the 80s themselves, I mean, you definitely had, I mean, 2 and 3, I think even 4 came out in the 80s. I'm pretty sure it did. Um, you know, you had The Karate Kid, which was definitely like a Rocky-type film. Uh, you know, you had like Bloodsport and Kickboxer, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, I mean, doing his best Rocky impersonation. Um, you know, but you even had films like Major League. You know, uh, the baseball team, they're, they're, you know, the Cleveland Indians, my God, do they stink. Uh, they're total underdogs and they just come out of nowhere to, to win, to win the pennant. Um, 
you know, and best of the best is is really no different. And and I think I think by this time, uh, like I said, it came out in '89. I think I think we were starting to kind of tire of it a bit. Um, I remember when I saw this film way way back when, and I didn't see it in the theaters. I mean, I definitely saw it a few years after, probably on video or something like that. Um, I kind of remember like I enjoyed it because you know it's just kind of like martial arts fun. You know, and it's it's kind of that, you know, hey, you know, rags to riches, underdog story, and, you know, I mean, the plot is really, really predictable. I mean, is there a twist ending to it? Not not really. Um, you, you know, it's just, there. there's so many... I mean, you see. I mean, you see. You see this film coming a mile away. You, you know exactly what's going to happen, and um, I don't know. I just find it. I just. I just. I guess like watching it now. I just. I see all the inconsistencies. I see. You know, just kind of like throwing plot out the window. Uh, the fact that, except for really a couple of people in this film, nobody knows any martial arts at all. Um, it's just. It's. It's so laughable, but you know what? It's so la- it's one of these. I, I, I'm going to category. I'm going to categorize it under so bad it's good. Um, you know, it's a bad film. I mean, it really is a bad, bad film. It's a really bad. I mean, there there were so many other you know Rocky style films that came out that were way better than this one. Um, I mean, it, it's almost like yeah, it's kind of like the end of that era, the end of the you know, let's make a Rocky rocky type film you know but but by this time people were just getting so tired of it they were just sort of like yeah american team going up against the koreans there's no way they're gonna win uh what whatever just kicks punches let's let's go um so basically you know the story is is so apparently there's a tournament between the united states and korea a and that's the thing is it a martial arts tournament? Is it a taekwondo tournament? Because they they throw the word taekwondo around, and then they don't throw the word taekwondo around. And I'm going to get more in on that later. Um, you know, so apparently there's there's like a match, you know, between the U.S. and Korea in taekwondo because why not? Um, I mean, this is not part of the Olympic Games, the Pan American Games, uh, the World Games. You know, nothing like that. It's just. Every so often, like we don't really know when, and you know when I kind of go into some of the characters' backstories here, you'll you'll see what I mean. Just every so often, you know, Korea fights the U.S. in a Taekwondo tournament. Uh, each side puts together a team of five people. Is it based on weight divisions? They kind of say it is, and then I again. Again, all this stuff kind of flies out the window once the film really gets going. So basically, you know. The film kind of centers in on a couple of people. Uh, Eric Roberts, who is not a martial artist, despite what I think he thinks he, you know, I think, you know, has he taken some martial arts classes? I, I mean, he's kind of like, to me, Eric Roberts is kind of like a David Carradine. You know, David Carradine, of course, you know, was famous, uh, you know, for starring in the TV series Kung Fu, having never studied martial arts at all. Luckily, David Carradine, you know, was trained as a dancer and, and, you know, he was a stage performer and he kind of relied on that. He also had a very good choreographer to work with. And afterwards, he actually did kind of study it and get into it. And, you know, I mean, the mystique of David Carradine kind of grew from there. Eric Roberts, I'm sure he's taken some martial arts lessons and classes and whatnot. And I, I just think he feels that he's much 
better than he really, really is. Well, anyway, he plays a character named uh, Alex Grady, who, and again, I mean, we're just going to kind of throw some stuff in there and just not really explain it. It's sort of like, yeah, he was an up-and-comer on the tournament circuit, and then he dislocated his shoulder and took three years off, and, you know, now he's showing up to these sort of open trials. Because that's the thing, we're putting together, U.S. is putting together a team to go up against the Koreans, and when we see the U.S. putting together a team, it's just sort of like, you know, they they have this giant auditorium, and it's just like martial artists are there, you know? I mean, again, you, you, we're going to assume they all know Taekwondo because, again, you know, Korea's martial, or one of Korea's martial arts is Taekwondo. Um, and again, uh, when the tournament gets going, you know, they throw the word Taekwondo around, and then they don't throw it around, you know? So... We're going to assume that all these people here study Taekwondo, and they're all Taekwondo practitioners, and there's apparently a Taekwondo tournament circuit, and anyway, he's there. Uh, we see a couple other characters. Uh, we see Tommy, who's played by Philip Ree, uh, who was the producer on this, and would later, you know, Philip Ree and his character Tommy Lee uh, would go on to star pretty much in all the sequels, and I believe there were, I, I believe they went up to Best of the Best Four, um, and he was in all of them all the way through. So he's there as Tommy Lee is kind of like this very promising. He's he's like he's like the shoe in, you know. He's that guy. It's like you know he he's the best of the best. Uh, you know, it's like yeah, he's got a spot on the team. Yeah, you know, why is the guy even here? You know, just give him a spot on the team. Apparently, he's that great. I I guess on the tournament circuit that you know, we mentioned once or twice and then never mentioned again. We get Chris Penn, the, the brother of Sean Penn, uh, as Travis Brickley, who is, uh, you know, he's, he's your racist character right there. You know, it's 89. Uh, you get a big burly, you know, guy with a Southern accent and you throw a cowboy hat on him. You know, he's going to be your, your racist foil. You know, you know, he's, he's going to be the guy that's like, you know, I don't buy into all this and teamwork and I'm my own man and what, there's an Asian fella here. Oh, that ain't good. And then by the end, it's like, you know, he's going to be the one that's going to be like, we're a team, y'all. And, I mean, you, you see it coming a mile away. Um, we get a couple other fighters. Uh, a guy by the name of Virgil, who's a devout Buddhist. You know, he's, he's one of those guys, you know, when you, uh, you know, when, you, when you're at college and you're on the campus there. You know, he's the guy with the little hippie beard and the John Lennon glasses and uh, probably wearing Birkenstocks and, and a Baja. And, you know, he's he's all about peace and love. And, you know, I'm a devout Buddhist and nonviolence and vegetarianism. And, you know, so being a devout Buddhist, of course, he's going to study Taekwondo. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Uh, and you got another guy by the name of Sonny Grasso who, uh, you know, is sort of like, uh, you know, your, your stereotypical Italian guy from Brooklyn, except he's from Detroit. Uh, you know, these these two guys, Virgil and Sonny, they're just kind of fillers in there. You know, there's little subplots with them and whatever. Uh, you know, we get uh, we get the coach, Coach Frank Cuso, played by legendary actor James Earl Jones, and I don't know. I don't know how they got him to do this. Uh, he's there. He's, he's, he's in this film. I mean, he must have looked at the script. He must have seen something in there. Maybe, you know, maybe there was a script that was really, really good. And they show that one to James Earl Jones and he's just like, all right, I'm, I admit that's a really bad James Earl Jones impression. I mean, you know, with that, with the deep booming voice. Oh yeah, I'm in. That looks like a pretty good film. And then at the last minute they switch it around and he's just like, damn, now I'm locked into this crap. Um, he's the coach. Now here's the thing. Nothing against James Earl Jones. I mean, he's a great, great actor, you know, and he's here as, as the coach, you know, he's heading up this team. Now, 
you're putting together a taekwondo team you know you would assume that the coach is gonna be you know a taekwondo practitioner uh you know james earl jones i mean especially 89 i mean he he wasn't svelte at all i mean he was in he was older he was uh he was a big guy um you know he's pretty much walking around this in suits i mean he's like a like it's like he's a basketball coach or something i mean he's walking around in suits um dispensing little to no wisdom or information at all uh it's sort of it's like okay look you know if you're gonna say like that his character Francuzo, you know was a a a taekwondo star in the 50s and 60s and, and, and that's fine you know he's older now and 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 whatnot i mean put him in a track suit uh you know have him even if he can't physically show them you know th- you know give him advice of some type you know it's just he's the coach of the team but it, 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 his role in this film he's more like a trainer almost it's like he's going to train him hard and get him in shape which is you know which is a good thing um I, I, I don't know. I mean, this, this, to me, this was kind of like one of the big... It's like, you got a great actor in James Earl Jones, and it's just like, well, he's the taekwondo coach. And we go to find out that he's kind of been coaching this team for years now. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess really, you know, what it is, is you got to look at this. Like, if you're looking for a really good, deep, detailed, in-depth story... Uh, go watch the karate kid <laughs> you know go watch <laughs> go watch kickboxer <laughs> i mean it's sad to say kickboxer has a better story than this um you know you're you're here you're here for the fighting and that's what we get is we throw this this ragtag ragtag team together uh right off the bat we got some problems first of all the sponsors or the federation you know it's like we see this group of men uh, who are kind of like, yeah, we're really concerned about this Alex Grady character because, you know, again, dislocated the shoulder three years ago, you know, but James Earl Jones sticks up for him. Nope, he's he's got, he's the best of the best, man. You know, it's in the title of the film. Uh, you know, so they throw him on the team there. And uh, what we get is, uh, you know, we get a, uh, a scene where it's like, all right, guys, uh, we're gonna, you know, kind of lock you in this training facility for six months. So this is it, your last night of freedom. They go out to a bar, and and of course, there's 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 a lot of problems. Uh, you know, Travis, of course, again, you know, an Asian fella on the team, and you know, he's got problems with that. He's got problems with Virgil being a Buddhist, and he's got pro- he's got problems with everybody. Next thing you know, bar fight. Uh, James Earl Jones is there, you know, very funnily kind of watching it, and then he's just sort of like, you know, using that booming voice of his breaks up the fight. And he's basically like, all right, I'm glad you guys had your fun. We're training now. Six months. Six months intense training. No distractions. No ifs, ands, or buts. You know, we're focused. We're going to win here. Um, what we see also at this same time is they're throwing together the Korean team. And what we and what we see and what we learn is that, look, you know, this is, this is Taekwondo is their national sport. And, you know, it's big business for them. Uh, the, the team is, is funded by the state. Uh, they train year round. I mean, this is what we see. I mean, when they're choosing the team, I mean, we see them at this training field. Looks like it's inside a, a temple or something. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, clearly these guys are training year round and, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, we have absolutely no shot. I mean, this is like, you know, miracle on ice, you know, us men's hockey team, bunch of 
bunch of college kids thrown together to go up against, you know, essentially a professional Russian team. I mean, that's what we're getting right here is, you know, this ragtag group of Americans who absolutely hate each other. And, uh, you know, they're going to go up against a professional team. And this is where we start getting some backstories and whatnot. Um, you know, Tommy Tommy is tasked to fight a guy named Dehan, who's played by Simon Ree, who is uh, Philip Ree's brother. Um, turns out, years ago, we don't know how far back, because in the flashback, uh, Tommy's like a little boy. He's a little boy with his little baseball cap on. He's got his ice cream, and hey, we're gonna watch. Uh, we're gonna watch your brother. Forget the guy's name. You know, we're gonna watch Doug. You know fighting this tournament isn't this fun and it looks like it's like a high school tournament like it's in this simple little gymnasium um and essentially his brother gets like killed in the ring and you know that's haunted tommy ever since and i mean that's the thing that we get is he's essentially going to fight the guy that killed his brother um the thing is is that tommy pretty much you know he tells he rooms with alex uh, eric roberts uh pretty much tells him you know he's a pacifist uh we see it in the bar fight you know um of course since he's the only asian guy in the bar uh these sort of like local rednecks are picking on him you know and he's like i don't want to fight i don't want to fight he does a thing where he uh he does a kick and he, he like you know misses the guy by like an inch sort of like you know like like that this is what i could do to you like i could really hurt you sort which of course is going to escalate it into a fight well he's a pacifist but basically you know he he reveals to alex that you know he's like look i'm not afraid of dayhan i'm not afraid to fight this guy i'm afraid i'm going to kill the guy you know which is it's a pretty interesting story right there you know you you, you kind of wish they delved a little bit more into that you know but whatever uh you know so of course you know we get all these kind of sort of training montages um sally kellerman who's sort of like a a a b-level actress uh she plays this other coach um Catherine wade i believe her name is and you know she comes in and she's sort of like you know i'm gonna teach you the spiritual side of things and meditation and it's like you know right away james old jones is sort of like what's this hippie crap and you know she's like nah man it's all good and again okay like she's in a scene or two and she teaches them to center themselves so they could break bricks because apparently uh in this tournament if a match ends in a tie they go to a brick breaking competition and whoever can break the most bricks is declared the winner because that's how that's done apparently okay um so again you know again there's a lot of conflict on the team you know nobody's really kind of like i mean you know you you know how it goes uh then the conflict starts so alex is alex is a, a single father um you know we learned that his wife had passed away a few years ago uh he has a five-year-old son um and he gets a phone call that uh, his son was involved in an accident. He was riding his bike, and he was hit by a car. So, you know, he, he goes to James Earl Jones, and he's like, you know, you know, my son was hit by a car. You know, I got to be there for him. And he's like, I told you, no distractions whatsoever. I'm a, I'm a tough coach. You know, I don't care if your son's going to die. Almost sort of a thing. It's like, no distractions. And he's just like, well, sorry, man. You know, I, I got to go out there. It's my son. You know, he's in a coma. Um... You know, he's like, yeah, you leave, uh, you're off the team. And he's like, well, I'm off the team, which is, dude, I mean, come on. I mean, kids, kids someone's hit by a car. <laughs> I mean, James Earl Jones, have a heart. I mean, I know you played Darth Vader, but come on, man. Um, so he goes. So now we're down to four because 
well, we don't find a replacement. I mean, there's no alternates. I mean, it was these five guys, and now it's these four guys. Um, so they, they, they resume training as Alex goes and, and sees his son, who is he's going to be okay, because, you know, it's, it's, it's this kind of film. Yeah, he's riding his bike, no helmet, hit by a car, but he's got to pull through just fine. Well, you know, training is resuming. And, uh, you know, uh, Coach James Earl Jones there is really getting on him. You know, you guys are dragging your asses and let's go. And, all right, it's uh, kicking drill time. Uh, we're going to see uh, how powerful your kicks are because, you know, I mean, we're going to fight these guys in a, in a couple of weeks. And, you know, we might need to know that. I mean, why they didn't do this. Whatever. I mean, plot holes. Who cares? Um and, you know, we, we, we get here, Tommy, again, you know, kind of focusing on the fact that Dayhan killed his brother and, you know, he's kicking and James Earl Jones is yelling at him. He's like, you're holding back. You're holding back. Come on, give it to me. And this is where we get like, like the, the, the foreshadowing here. It's like, uh, he assumes his stance, but you know, it's a little, it's like a little off and he looks a little dark and he's kind of got like these kind of like dead eyes and he's just kind of like uh here it comes here it comes he does a spinning back kick uh virgil the buddhist uh who's the smallest guy on the team of course he's gonna be one holding the bag you know not travis the biggest guy there no we're gonna put the smallest guy there you know um you know he like knocks him across the ring uh you know temporarily knocks him out and you know, virgil's like you know he laughs at him. he's buddhist man it's you know, hey man buddha uh he's all like it's cool man i'm good uh tommy's like crap i'm I'm probably going to end up killing Dayhan. So he's just like, you know what, dude, I'm out of here. You know, I, I cannot control my rage. You know, the rage that you guys have never seen at all. Um, yeah, I can't control it. Uh, I'm out of here. So he leaves now. So now we're down to three because, again, there's no alternates or anything like that. And we're not going to cancel the tournament. You know, it'll be a five on three. Why not? Um, and that's where we get, you know, uh, the remaining Sonny and Virgil and, and uh, Travis go to the coach and they're sort of like, you know, get these guys back. We're a team, man. And it's Travis, of course, you know, again, we saw it coming a mile away. You know, the guy that hated everybody and, you know, and racist and this and that. And, you know, he's the one he's like, and, and, you know, get the team back together. You know, it's all about the team and the and James Earl Jones kind of like this was his plan all along, sort of as chuckling like, ha ha ha, you guys are a team now. Cool. So they bring Alex back. Um, you know, but what, what happens with Tommy, uh, you know, Alex catches up with him at a roadside bar or something like that. And he's sort of like, you know, yeah, that's yeah, and that's where he kind of says, you know, I'm not afraid to fight him. I'm afraid of what I'm going to do to the guy. Uh, again, pretty legitimate thing, but it's really lost in this cockamamie plot so you know four guys because again no alternates or anything like that and they're headed off to korea and at the last second right before they're about the board tommy just comes running in now this is 1989 this is well before the events of 9-11 so you could really essentially just kind of run through an airport you know uh go through you know yeah people people watching this film uh you know who kind of grew up you know, after 9-11 would probably be like, how did this guy get this far in the airport? You could do it back then. I mean, I remember, you know, in the nineties, uh, you know, my wife who at the time was my girlfriend, uh, you know, picking her up at the gate, you know, just going to the airport and, you know, going through security and, uh, you know, Oh, gate 52 and just waiting there for her when she got off the plane. I mean, we used to be able to do that. So it's really not that far fetched. Uh, and we head off to Korea, uh, where, you know, they're hosting this big tournament. Again, it's a tournament. It's an exhibition match. It's, you know, a match between U.S. and Korea in Taekwondo. And you know it's legit 
because Ahmad Rashad is there. Ahmad Rashad is your play-by-play guy, commentator. He's he's doing it all. So this is a legit thing. It's Ahmad Rashad. So really predictable here. You know, Sonny and Virgil fight first, and they put up good fights, but they lose. Uh, next, we got Travis. And again, if we're going by weight class, Travis is the biggest guy, and he's fighting the biggest guy on the Korean team, and they're fighting third. So weight classes guess maybe maybe not we'll just fight out of order whatever anyway uh he actually puts up a good fight uh they go blow for blow i mean there's literally no taekwondo it's two big guys just punching the bejesus out of each other uh the fight ends and it's a tie and remember when it's a tie we go to breaking bricks so they bring out stacks of bricks and travis goes up there and uh you know just punch you know just punch straight down straight through it you know gets about like half the stack, you know, and everybody's like, yeah, woo, woo, you know, and his opponent goes, and his opponent is using, uh, what they call a ridge hand technique, so basically, uh, you know, how do I explain this, so, you know, if you've ever seen a quote-unquote karate chop, uh, you know, it's like the knife edge, it's sort of like the pinky side of the hand, and you snap it out, well, a ridge hand is the opposite, as if you're striking with the thumb side, Okay, we're breaking bricks here. I mean, these are these are you know concrete bricks. Um, first of all, just just with a with an open hand with a chop, you know, even pinky side. I mean, oh my god, are are, are you kidding me? And you know, he's essentially doing it with the thumb side of his hand so his arm is turned over essentially i i mean it's it, it's crazy you know and even even Ahmad Rashad's like well this is an unorthodox technique and i'm like yeah the dude's probably gonna break his hand here but he smashes pretty much the entire uh stack except for like one and it's 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 actually and this is i got a legitimate laugh out of this um you know we see travis's stack half of them and we see and we see his opponent's side which is they're pretty much all destroyed and the ref goes over to count and travis is like why are you even counting them i mean it's so obvious i mean that was that was a legitimate laugh oh so next we get the last two fighters we get alex and tommy Tommy goes over to Alex. Alex is next, and Eric Roberts has got his hair up and a real cool ponytail and and whatnot. And he's like, "It's you and me, Alex. It's you and me. We're gonna win this thing, uh, you know, because points and you know." And that's the other thing too. Like, I don't get the point. Like, and nobody bothers to explain the point system. Um, so Alex is next, and he's fighting a younger fighter, uh, kind of like you know, he's like the up and comer in the uh, in, in Korea here in Taekwondo. Um, and this is really where I started to get a laugh because Eric Roberts comes out ready to fight, and uh, you know, of course, before he uh, before the, before it all starts, you know, uh, he looks to the crowd. This is before the tournament even begins, and he sees his mom and he sees his son there with kind of like a, a funny looking like you know, just wrap a giant bandage around his head to so you, you remember that he had that coma uh, and, and a pair of crutches, and it's you know the coach flew him out. You know, Coach James Earl Jones has a heart after all. So Alex is going out there to fight, and he gets that last-minute wisdom. He's like, uh, James Earl Jones is like, watch your shoulder. You know, one you dislocated, foreshadow. Uh, watch your shoulder. Fight good and, uh, yeah, win. You know, great advice. Thanks, coach. Um, you know, it's like it's like that old Jim Gaffigan uh, routine uh, where he talked about, like, the coach for the bowling team. He's like, does the bowling team really need the coach? You know, and he, it's like... Tommy, come here. I want you to knock down all the pins. Are you sure, Coach? 
they'll never expect it. Um, yeah, I mean, James Earl Jones is essentially, he's the bowling coach here. You know, go and win. Well, coach, thanks for that advice. I was planning on throwing, you know, I was planning on losing, but winning, thanks. So, you know, fight starts, and Eric Roberts, I... I don't know. He's doing kung fu. He's he 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 does the he he does the karate kid pose, which cracks me up. It's like they bow, and they they assume their fighting stance, and he goes to the karate kid pose. He comes back down, and he 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 just keeps one arm flat and the other arm kind of like cocked at the ready. Uh, he's essentially fighting, you know. And I guess what they're trying to say is like, look, he's got the bad shoulder. He's got to watch out for it. He's essentially fighting one handed. Like when you watch this fight scene. How he scores and his opponent doesn't, like his opponent should be kicking the crap out of him because one arm is just kind of flip-flapping around doing absolutely nothing. I mean, he's wide open the entire time, uh, and, but he's just landing blow after blow and his opponent's landing blow after blow. Uh, you know, at one point he does like a takedown. Like, uh, you know, like it's almost like kind of like, you know, you would call it like a judo throw. He just kind of tosses him over his hip. I guess that's fine. And then that's the thing, too, is, you know, during these fights, some things happen, and James L. Jones is screaming, like, illegal hit, and then it happens again, like, punches to the face. You know, uh, when somebody gets punched to the face, when when his guys gets punched to the face, he's screaming, illegal hit. When our guys are hitting them in the face, nobody's saying anything. It's like the rules are very vague, um, you know, so I guess apparently you could do take downs and stuff and it's kind of like an anything goes but there's kind of rules it's it's really weird so anyway of course because we see it coming a mile away uh you know he's he's uh you know they're trading back and forth uh you know he's kind of closing the gap and his opponent does a kick right on his shoulder and he dislocates his shoulder and eric roberts just hams it up howling like a banshee and look and you know, I, I, I've dislocated a joint or two, not my shoulder, nothing big, a thumb, a finger or two. Yeah, it hurts. I get it, you know, and I can't imagine dislocating your shoulder. I mean, but he is like howling like a banshee, screaming, crying, and they're like, that's it, you're done. And he's like, no, nah, no. Nah. And he goes, this is like a, fa- to me, this is a famous scene. He goes, pop it, Tommy, pop it, pop it. Pop it, Tommy, pop it, meaning pop my shoulder back into place. So, Tommy, who I guess apparently is also like an EMT or an orthopedist or something, just kind of sits down, grabs the arm, crack, snaps it back into place. They tape it up like a like a sling, and now he's really fighting one-handed. Uh, and he pretty much comes from behind, and he, you know, by one point or whatever, he, he wins the match. And, uh, you know, now the Americans, now, now they've closed the gap. I mean, they lost the first three matches, but, uh, you know, Eric Roberts fighting one-handed and eking out a victory. Well, well, now it's neck and neck. Again, I don't understand the point system. So here it is, the big, the big fight, Tommy against Dehan. Uh, Dehan comes out, and, uh, you know, Tommy's gun-shy. Uh, again, he's not afraid of this guy, but, again, he, he's afraid of what he can do to him. I mean, you, you do see it here. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, he's getting his ass handed to him pretty much. Uh, Dehan's really controlling the match. Tommy starts to come back. There's a lot of back and forth. Uh, towards the end of the fight, and apparently there's rounds too, because all, all, all of a sudden, like, a buzzer goes off. There's rounds. Somebody throws a chair out there. They sit down. Um, 
So towards the end of the fight, both of these guys, they are bloody, they are sweaty. You know, Dehan is really, you know, he's hurting. Uh, and Tommy really takes it to him towards the end. I mean, Dehan could barely stand. And that's what we get. You know, it's the closing seconds. You know, they're, they're almost there. U.S. is a few points shy. He needs two points. This is what we're told. He needs two points. Dehan is, 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 is barely on his feet. It's like if he gets knocked out, that's it. Match over. We win. Um, you know, Tommy does this combination, and and Dehan's a sitting duck. He's sitting there. He's he he he's limping on one foot. Uh, you know, his because he has a patch over his eye. Forgot to tell you that. Uh, you know, he he's barely standing, and it's like the, the seconds are ticking down, and everybody realizes this is it because Tommy gets into that stance, the one when he kicked Virgil and almost knocked him out. You know, and it's sort of like, oh, he's gonna kill him, and everybody's gonna kill him. Coach is gonna kill him. Good kill, coach. James Earl Jones just goes, no, no. You know that's again, coach. Great advice. Don't kill a guy. Thank you. I mean, he, you know, everybody's like telling him, and, and and you see it. He wants to do it. He wants to do it, and he doesn't do it. Time runs out. Dayhan falls down, and the Koreans win. And you know, everybody's sort of like, hey man, you really won that fight. Which I mean, which he did. You know, we get that. And I remember as a kid watching that, going, why didn't you just go over there? I mean, the guys like the Leaning Tower piece here. He's about to fall over. Go over. Little little tap, little punch, little little punch to the chest. Guy's got chest protector on. Little knock him, knock him down, push him, push him down. Just be like, boop. oh here, here's my iron palm technique. Boop. You know, push him over. Match, match done. Uh, but no, I mean Tommy knew. Tommy knew if he was going to attack him, he he was looking for revenge, and and uh, he is a pacifist after all, and and he did hold back. I mean that was kind of a good part of the film. Then at the end, you know, Dehan hobbles over. He gives Tommy his medal. Uh, he apologizes for killing his brother. You know, your brother was a great fighter. I, I wasn't looking to kill him. You know, sort of a thing. And he's like, um, he's he's like, I I will be your brother. You know, you know, I'm your brother now. And um, I mean, it's kind of nice. And then they just they, they you know both sides are trading the medals and this and that. And film over, and we get three sequels, uh, <laughs> which really have very little to do with this. I mean, it, it goes from this martial arts tournament to an underground martial arts tournament to kind of like a walking tall thing with uh, with like a sheriff. You know, Tommy Tommy becomes a sheriff in a in a Pacific Northwest town. He's gonna clean it up with his fists and his feet. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's just, I mean, this is, this. it's so bad, it's good, guys. It's so bad, it's good. Uh, you know, like me, if you watch this back in the day, uh, either when it came out or shortly thereafter on video, watch it again. Um, for me, it doesn't hold up very well. I mean, there's so many holes in this story. It's just so ridiculous. But you know what? When you get to the tournament, even though the martial arts really isn't that great, and, and you know what's going to happen, it is kind of fun. Um, again, so bad it's good. Give it a shot. See what you think of it. Um, if you've never seen it before, hey, I think it's worth a look. It's it's fun. It's funny. Uh, it's silly. It's stupid. Whatever. Check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Uh, Stuff You Don't Need to Know podcast. Uh, I post up pictures, uh, sometimes an occasional poll or throw up some questions or whatnot about the stuff that I talk about. Um, Hey, it's October. Halloween. 
So if there's any scary films out there that you guys want me to talk about, and I'll put this up on Instagram, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm not a full-on horror buff, but I've seen my share of horror films. Uh, I don't mind horror films at all. Uh, so yeah, if there's ones out there, good, bad, or otherwise, you want me to take a look at, or maybe I've already seen them, I'd be more than happy to talk about them. So uh, I'll throw that out there to everybody, just kind of like you did for Listener Request Month. Hit me up any way you can, and uh, if I talk about it, I'll definitely give you a shout-out. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.